0: Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I'm chatting with Colleen McFadden about patience. I don't even need to intro this because I know you know you need it just like I do. As you listen, it's so important to remember what Colleen said. We must
1: not ever forget, this is, patience is the fruit of the spirit. It is not the fruit of Colleen McFadden or Hunter Bielas. It is the fruit of the spirit. It is the spirit who works in us. Let's not neglect the third person of the Trinity.
0: Yes and amen. This entire conversation is saturated with scripture and here's why. Today's guest, Colleen McFadden, trains women Bible teachers with the Charles Simeon Trust, a ministry devoted to equipping the next generation of Bible expositors. She also serves as a director for women's ministry at her local church, Trinity Community Church, just outside Philadelphia. Colleen earned a BS in business administration from the University of Illinois and an MDiv from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. You know, I can't wait for you to hear from her today, but before we go there, I have a very special announcement. As of today, November 11th, 2019, our winter merchandise is live. The shop will close the evening of November 17th. That's just a week away so that you guys can get your products in mid-December, just in time for Christmas gifts. You can shop now at journeywomenpodcast.com. All the profits go straight back to the production of the podcast. Thanks as always for supporting the ministry of Journey Women. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Audible, Canvas People, and The Soul Planner soul planners believes your priorities need to remain your priorities that's why the soul planner is designed to keep important things in life at the forefront of your mind when life speeds up and gets in the way the soul planner is a gorgeous planner with beautifully designed pages it's hard covered and spiral bound each week begins with space for you to list your priorities for the next seven days every time you open your soul planner your priorities are on full display keeping them fresh in your mind so that you can continue to live them out with purpose Visit soulplanners.com to check out the planner and see what many small business owners, mothers, and students have to say about how the planner has helped them achieve great personal growth throughout the year. Get yours today by going to soulplanners.com. That's S-O-L planners.com and be sure to enter the promo code journey for free shipping on your order. That's soulplanners.com and don't forget to use the promo code journey at the checkout for free shipping. Now, On to my conversation with Colleen McFadden on the topic of patience. Colleen, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. It's so exciting to get to have you on the show today.
1: I love talking to you, Hunter.
0: You have been a much-requested guest, and um, personally, I've wanted to chat with you ever since we connected long ago over the Charles Simeon Trust and the work that you're doing there. So I would love for the listeners just to get to hear a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Could you tell them a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Yeah. I, well, I'm Colleen McFadden, and I'm a wife, and I live in the Philadelphia area. I'm a transplant from Chicago, but my husband and I moved here About five years ago, because he got a job at Cairn University, which is a local uh, college and seminary, and he teaches New Testament there. But I do miss my Midwestern roots back in Chicago. I grew up in a classic Irish Catholic family, and I didn't Mm. become a Christian until I was in college. Ironically, not through a Christian ministry on campus, but through being lazy, probably skipping class, and I stumbled upon a tele-evangelist on TV, and I heard the gospel, believe it or not, and that's how I became a Christian. Yeah,
0: that's amazing.
1: Yeah, there's not many people that that share my story. I didn't. I actually didn't know that was uncommon. I thought, well, these tele-evangelists are all over the TV. Surely people are becoming Christians everywhere. Yeah, and then I realized. That that wasn't a normal story. I mean, there's only so far you can grow with a ministry like that. And I quickly saw the holes in the ministry and realized I needed to get connected to a local church. So um, yeah, so I had some great friends in Chicago really kind of take me under their wing to teach me the faith. And I just I really grew up in my church in Chicago and, and now we're here in Philly.
0: I am so grateful for your work there and so grateful that you would join us today to talk to us about patience. We've been diving into this whole series on the fruit of the Spirit and really looking at the whole book of Galatians, but specifically Galatians 5. And today we're going to hone in on patience, which I just explained to you uh, before we got on the call is something that I uh, am really excited to talk about today as we are facing some trials in life right now. My family just went through a crazy flood of our house. We're living in a hotel. And somebody once told me that, like, uh, when the fruit is squeezed, uh, you know what kind of juice comes out. Like, you know if it's good or bad. And I'm seeing, I'm feeling squeezed, Colleen. (laughs) So it's been a really interesting opportunity for me to look at not just patience, but all the fruit of the Spirit and uh, to really um, examine my heart and to uh, walk in confession and repentance and to look to the Lord for help. So let's talk about patience. What is patience? As I've just
1: thought about patience and as I've looked it up in scripture, it actually has two definitions. There's Mm -hmm. not just one way to describe it. There's, in one sense, being patient by bearing with one another. Just think about uh, raising your children and just working with them Mm -hmm. in their little hearts and (laughs) how they can quote unquote, to test your patience or even dealing with a flood in your house. And like (laughs) that really tests your patience. Like I cannot deal with this right now. I mean, but when we talk about it in scripture, patience, I think specifically in the fruit of the spirit portion in Galatians 5, it's really talking about bearing with one another, being slow to anger, but being Mm -hmm. patient. That's one way to describe patience. Another way to describe patience, though, would be more... Time focused. It's waiting on the Lord. It's not necessarily bearing with another person, especially another sinner, but it's waiting on the Lord. It's it's waiting mm. for a, a bad season to pass. Like you're in a hotel right now, you just want to get home. Like how long will this take, Lord? I have to be patient with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be waiting with no answers. It could be, uh, you know, I'm I. I'm waiting to get married or I'm waiting to have children. You know, Lord, when will you provide? Um, I'm, I I don't have a job. Lord, when will you provide a job? It could also just be patience waiting for something good, waiting for something like um, I know you have some young listeners on this podcast. Uh, it could be um, waiting for sex until the wedding night. You know, that's a good thing to join together in that way on your wedding night, but to wait for it, you know, to wait patiently, where it could be, I work with so many people uh, that are in ministry um, and I myself direct the women at our own church. We are so eager to see ministry results, but we have to be patient and wait for those good things to come. So it's interesting how patience in the scriptures both talks about this sense of bearing with people, enduring, uh, not getting angry, but also this sense of waiting to remain content until the outcome arrives. There's certainly a sense of a need of patience there. Patience is a virtue. Isn't that what they say?
0: (laughs) Yes. And I was in the car the other day, just thinking about this conversation. I've been thinking about it all week as I've been waiting to talk to you. And my oldest daughter, she was walking through something and I won't go into the details of it, but basically I was talking to her and I'm like, don't you trust mommy? Like, don't you trust that mommy will give you what is good? Like, can't you believe like mommy has always done what is good for you? And then I'm talking to her, and I'm simultaneously walking through this flood situation, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is so interesting. I am struggling with patience, Uh, she's struggling with patience, and then it's just such a reflection of, I feel like, my relationship with the Lord and how I often will look to Him, you know, waving my fist and saying like, oh, come on, come on, this isn't the timing that I wanted, and yet He is so patient with me, even through the situation, like I mentioned, with all of the things that have reared their ugly head, all the sin tendencies just coming out. Oh, goodness, Colleen, it is Mm -hmm. humbling. I have just experienced um, the patience of God. And I'd love to talk about that. Like, How does God display patience with us and with His people throughout all of redemptive history?
1: I mean, He displays it perfectly. That's how He displays it. It's so amazing! Yes, I, I don't. I do not know how he does it. Our women's Bible study. We're going through the book of Judges, and you know, the book of Judges has this sin cycle, right? The yes. cycle of sin where people do evil in the sight of the Lord, yes. and so the Lord gives them over, and the, and they cry out, and He raises up a judge to save them and then they do evil again. I mean, he is just so patient. I try to read through the Bible in a year. So I try to, like every year, I try to read through the whole Bible, which has been such a blessing to me. And I hope other people do that. But one thing I was struck by as I read through the Bible last year was, believe it or not, God's patience with his people. Mm. Because as I just kept reading through story after story, I thought, why does he not? Do a major flood, not just the flood in your house, but do it again. Well, he doesn't do a flood again because he promised <laughs> Noah he wouldn't, right? So we know that's why he doesn't. Yes. But I mean, gosh, it's just so amazing. And then this year, as I was reading through my uh, re- reading through the whole Bible again, when I came to Nehemiah, there is this one section in Nehemiah 9 where um, the people of Israel recount the history of God and his patience. Yeah. Because, you know, the book of Nehemiah is written after the exile, after the return of the exile, Mm -hmm. but before Christ. It goes through, and I'll just read some of these sections for you from Nehemiah 9, just to show how God perfectly displays patience. I mean, as the Bible puts it so many times, he is slow to anger, so slow to anger that he can bear with his children. I mean, just think about that, how he bears with his children. And yet we can't stand it when the person in front of us on the road misses the light and we can't go through the light with them. And this Guilty. is, the, yeah, right. I mean, that <laughs> happened to me yesterday. I raised my best at somebody yesterday. Okay. So In Nehemiah 9, it's just incredible. It it says here, it starts all the way back with Abraham and how you've kept, how the Lord has kept his promise to Abraham because he's righteous. Mm -hmm. And then it moves into the next stage of Israel's history when they're in Egypt and they are being oppressed under Pharaoh. And it says, You saw the affliction of our fathers in Egypt and heard their cries at the Red Sea. And you performed signs and wonders against Pharaoh. And you divided the sea before them so that they went through Your people went through in the midst of the sea on the dry land and you cast their pursuers into the depths as a stone into mighty waters. And then it goes on to say that by a pillar of cloud, you led them by day and a pillar of fire. You led them by night. You gave them commandments at Mount Sinai. You gave them bread from heaven. For their hunger and brought water from out of the rock. and if you if you just think about in the book of Exodus, like you think about those specific situations, the people were complaining during this time. I mean, mm-hmm. when he gave them manna from heaven, they they weren't like, "Oh Lord, thank you so much." They started grumbling about this manna.
0: I identify Colleen. It's crazy because, you know, you think, okay, we have this major flood and now we're living in this hotel and I find myself doing the same. And I often look back at the Israelites and think, like, how could you do that? Like he was so clearly providing for you. And yet here I am in the hotel with someone serving breakfast for me someone taking out my trash. (laughs) Yes. Someone taking care of like, you know, the bathroom situation and all of that while I go out and about during the day. And it's like, how can I even complain? I identify with them so much.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah. Well, and this um, section in e it just it just keeps going. It says, so the Lord provides all this stuff for them. And then there's the big B-U-T, but. And it's not a good but. It hmm. says, but they, the Israel Israelites and their fathers, acted presumptuously and stiffened hmm. their necks and did not obey your commandments. And it goes on hmm. a little bit further. And there's another but. And this is a good but. This is a good B-U-T. It says, but you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and you did not forsake them. And then it talks about the golden calf and how they you know, made another God in, in place of their God. But it says, you, Lord, and your great mercies did not forsake them in, in the wilderness. You gave them your good spirit to instruct them. For 40 years, you sustained them in the wilderness and they lacked nothing. It says at the end of this section that the people ate and were filled and became fat and delighted themselves in your great goodness. In the very next verse, it says, nevertheless, They were disobedient and rebelled against you. But then it goes into the cycle of the judges, which is where I am at my church in our women's ministry Bible study there. And it goes into uh, actually the patience of the Lord, not even looking like, I mean, it is gracious and merciful, but it looks different. It says, Lord, you gave them into the hand of their enemies who made them suffer. And we would think Mm -hmm. there, okay, here it is. This is where he's going to destroy his people, isn't it? Yeah, because they deserve it. They're not obeying. But you know why he's giving them Mm -hmm. into the hand of their enemies he wants to turn them around. He wants to wake them up because he knows when they suffer, they'll cry out. And that's exactly what they do. That's what it says in Nehemiah Nehemiah 27. It says, and in the time of their suffering, they cried out to you and you heard them from heaven. And according to your great mercies that you gave to them, you gave them saviors who saved them out of the hand of their enemies. And it goes on and on all the way down to the prophets where this is you know, many years later, it says, Many years you bore with them, with the people of Israel, mm-hmm. and you warned them by your spirit through your prophets. Yet they did not give ear. Nevertheless, again, nevertheless, in your great mercies, you did not make an end of them or forsake them, for you are a gracious and merciful God. God displays it perfectly. And this is just the Old Testament, this isn't even the new.
0: <laughs> right? I'm like, this is the importance of understanding the big story of the Bible. And I hope people are encouraged to grab that Bible reading plan because it's so rich, even though it can sometimes feel a little bit laborious. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. If you can see the whole picture and just see God's actions throughout the scriptures, you can really see the patience of God. I mean, you can see all of the fruit of the Spirit in in God. He's the one who perfectly uh-huh. uh, embodies all of the fruit of the Spirit, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, we, we should get to Jesus Christ, though, shouldn't we? I mean, we are talking about God the Father and His mercy, His steadfastness, His bearing with the Israelites in the Old Testament. But... I mean, the pages of the New Testament are full mm-hmm. of patience as well on the part of Jesus Christ. The The one story that just comes to my mind immediately is the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria. Let, let me see if I can actually turn there because it'll help if I can see some of the details. Jesus goes, he passes through Samaria and it says Jacob's well was there. So Jesus wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, which is noon. So it's probably hot. He's tired. He wants a drink. And he asks this woman who's there, who has something to get water with. He says, give me a drink. Now, if I were in his situation and I were hot and I were tired, I'd be like, give me a drink. I'm not patient. Give me a drink. And what does uh-huh. the woman do? She doesn't give him a drink. <laughs> she she, she sees this man who's so tired and sweating and needs some refreshment. And she instead asks him a question. Why are you asking me to get you a drink? I'm a woman of Samaria I'm, and you're a Jew. Like, I, I can't do this. And mm. I would be so impatient at that point, just out of physical exhaustion. I mean, you know mm-hmm. what that's like, how, how yes. we can experience that, that we Ooh, would just yes. But, you know, Christ, I mean, the story of John 4, the main point. Is not about patience, but it, this does describe his patience with her because then he, she asks him a question. He gives her answers. He he's patient with her to give her answers and he gives her eternal answers, right? Like hope for eternal life. And then this turn of events where then she asks him for water because he talks about the living water that wells up to eternal life. And she's like, give me some of this water. I want this water. And then he eventually reveals himself. And just to see his patience with her, this this um, sinning woman, which we are all sinners. And he is just okay to sit and have this conversation with her and not getting any sort of physical refreshment, but rather he would want to see her repent and believe. I mean, that's just the, the woman at the well. I also think of the apostle Paul, when he speaks of his conversion, we have several different stories where he talks about his own conversion, but Paul uses the word patience when he speaks of his conversion in First Timothy 1. He says, But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, that's in Paul, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display what? His perfect patience as Mm. an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. And he can say that because in this passage just earlier, uh, this is 1 Timothy 1, starting in verse 13, he says, "'Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent.'" But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying mm-hmm. is trustworthy and deserving the full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. I mean, why mm-hmm. would the Lord Jesus Christ want to save someone like Paul who was against him, was a blasphemer, who would, who would mock and kill Christians? How could the Lord Jesus Christ be patient with him? Well, it was to display his perfect patience. It's easy for us to think how we're impatient, but sometimes we think the Lord won't be patient with me this time. I've gone too far. I've sinned too much. I don't think he's going to save me. Um, I I don't think he's going to forgive me this time. Well, that's clearly a lie from the devil, because it's so clear in this section, as Paul talks about his own sin and how Jesus was able to display perfect patience by saving the foremost of sinners in Paul, the apostle. It's it's really incredible to see how patience of Christ really is the gospel, that he would save us and be patient with us for his own glory.
0: Yes. I am so thankful. Uh, you know, one of the things that we've been talking about in this series is how the fruit of the Spirit are really an invitation to mirror the character of God. And you laid that out so beautifully that God displays perfect patience. Where do we see Scripture admonishing us to be patient?
1: Yeah, well, obviously in the fruit of the Spirit. He- uh-huh. passes, right? I mean, that's where it's the, this whole series was born out of. Just in that passage itself, I mean, it's the fruit of the Spirit is uh, in a sense contrasted with the works of the flesh in yeah. that um, the works of the flesh, we don't have to work really hard at them. No. They just kind of come no. out, right? It's just they do. like who we are. But the wonder of Jesus Christ in dying, being buried, rising from the dead, ascending to heaven. As he ascended to heaven, that is when the Spirit could be sent to indwell us, to work in us, to sanctify us. Uh, Titus 3 puts it as it's the work of um, regeneration and renewal within mm. us. The fruit of the Spirit is working in us to make us like Christ. But in this fruit of the Spirit, in the context here, it actually calls us, while it is the fruit of the Spirit that is working in us and the Spirit produces these things in us, um, we also are called to pursue it. Because it says before the where the fruit of the Spirit is in verse 16 of Galatians 5, it says, but I say, walk by the spirit so we're supposed to walk by the spirit we're, like that mm-hmm. means we're moving in the direction of how the spirit wants us to go and then right after the section of verse 25 it says if we live by the spirit let us also keep in step with the spirit right so yes it's being produced in us, by the power of Christ and his right. spirit, but also we are to pursue it. We are to mm-hmm. walk by it. We are to keep in step with it. I mean, we're called right there just in the immediate context of the fruit of the spirit verses here that we are to live by the spirit. But there's more specific places in scripture, especially the bearing with one another side of the mm-hmm. definition of patience. I think of 1 Corinthians 13, which is the you know famous love chapter in first mm-hmm. Corinthians where it says love is patient. So if we're going to be loving one, it, so if we're going to be patient. That means we're going to be loving one another. We're going to be bearing with mm-hmm. one another in first Peter four. It says above all else, keep loving one another earnestly. Man, I clung to that verse. I, I, it was early on in our marriage and, um, we had a friend come visit us, uh, and we you know Kevin and I were that's my husband Kevin we were still practically getting to know one another early on in our marriage and then we had this other human person enter our house for a weekend and it was just a really hard weekend and I just kept clinging to this verse and it's uh-huh. above all else keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins uh-huh. i think that is bearing with one another patiently um to to love them um even despite of our sin because isn't that what christ has done for us uh you 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 have plenty of other places i think of ephesians 4 um the beginning of of, of ephesians 4 talks about um the unity of the body um which in fact first corinthians 13 is about that as well it's about the unity Mm. of the body of christ but in ephesians 4 uh He Paul calls us there to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, um, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bear with one another in love. Those are just some ways that we can walk in patience with one another as we bear with one another. As I think about the definition of patience. As it relates to waiting, to things haven't yet come, I really think of the long view of Scripture. Scripture has is a full story, and it talks about the end. It talks about the day of the Lord and how we're um, to wait on the Lord and to wait for the day of the Lord. There's just this constant looking to the end. And when that gets really hard is when we're in suffering. When we're suffering, it's really hard to look to the end. I think of James here, because in James 5, he talks about being patient as, as they wait, he says, be patient. Therefore brothers, until the coming of the Lord, establish Mm. your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. As an example of this is for the people who are suffering as an example of suffering and patience. So waiting as you suffer, it says, take the prophets for an example, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We consider those blessed who remain steadfast. So how are the scripture is calling us to display patience, even in suffering, as we are waiting for the day of the Lord, just think of the prophets. I think James five also talks about Job. Think of how Job waited uh-huh. in his suffering and they're waiting on the day of the Lord on the day when all uh-huh. suffering will end. And I'm not saying that's an easy thing to do, but I'm saying it is a sure thing we can do. It is sure that the day of the Lord will come and we just can't wait for that day when all suffering will end. And if you think of it in the, in the sense of waiting for something good to come, like waiting for good ministry results, waiting for, yeah, something good to happen. Well, the day of the Lord is like the greatest thing because that's when everything will be made new and mm-hmm. everything will be made better. And that that's just what we look forward to.
0: Absolutely. When you mention somebody like Job, it makes our circumstances, whatever we're facing feel really trite. I mean, the flood, that's nothing in comparison to what Job faced. Um, and I've admitted many of the areas in which I'm struggling, but I'd love to just kind of talk about that a little bit so we can kind of examine our own hearts. Like, Where might we see ourselves struggling with patience and in what ways might it actually manifest itself in our everyday life? Well,
1: if you just think about those examples of scripture. I mean, as scripture tells us to be patient, it tells us in the context of how we are impatient, right? So well, in that James example, we just talked about it's uh, in the context of suffering. So how, how is our impatience manifesting itself? It is as we suffer, we tend, well, I shouldn't say we, I'll just put myself here because this has been a constant struggle for me in my own Christian life that in suffering, I tend to distrust the Lord. I tend to distrust that he has my good in mind. I tend to distrust that he is in control of things. Uh-huh. Um, but as I was, well, I read James five or I read Job um, or I read even the prophets and they're consistent, right. you know, calling out to the people to repent and they don't listen. The people don't listen. I just think, uh, The Lord is the one who created the heavens and the earth. He is in control. If he made it, then he controls it. And he knows the end. That's an interesting thing about patience. Yes, he is slow to anger. And that's what we're called to be too. As we are called to wait on the Lord, not knowing what will happen, the Lord knows what will happen. He knows everything. (laughs) He knows everything that will come to pass. All the way to the end. So I just, uh, you know, I remember that. Like as I'm suffering, I remember that He knows the grander picture, and I have no idea what it is because I cannot see that far. So I think that's one way that patience comes up. Is just as we're suffering, we want to get out of the suffering. We 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 want it fixed. And then on the bearing with one another side, I mean, the First Corinthians 13 is just a really good example of this because the church in Corinth was a church that just I mean they wanted their own way each person wanted their own way that that church was mm. full of sin and as our churches are today i mean they we're no different today but they, they wanted their own way. They want to put themselves up above somebody else. You know, so we're not gonna bear with some with another sinner if we think we're better than them. Right. The, I think that's a way that our impatience can come out. I you know, that's Ephesians, so true. Ephesians four calling us to unity, I think that's another place we we want our independence. We we want it our way right away. We we don't want to have to wait for somebody else. We don't want to have to bear with somebody mm-hmm. else. Trying to work with other sinners. It's just it's just really hard. And another place that you wouldn't expect this to think about how we struggle with patience or how impatience comes out. And this is not a general rule, so I'm, I'm not calling out a certain group of people as I say this, but Psalm 37, that's a psalm written by David. He points out something very interesting as it relates to patience. He points out that perhaps when we are younger. We tend to be more impatient than when we were. We are older. He puts it this hmm. way in, in Psalm 37. He says, he's he's calling um, people to be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. He says fret not yourself. I love that um, translation, fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way over the man who carries out evil devices, because evil people seem to have been prospering over the people who follow the Lord. And David calls the people, calls the people of the Lord to be still before the Lord and just wait patiently for him. Wait not. And he grounds this in His age, David grounds us in his age. He says, I have been young and now I am old. And let me, it's like, he says, let me tell you, oh, young ones, what I have seen in in all of my years of following the Lord. He says, I have not seen the righteous forsaken. I haven't seen the, God does not forsake the righteous. Or I have not seen his children begging for bread. In other words, the Lord has always provided for me. So in a sense, he's saying, um, the older you get, the more you see the mercies of God, honestly, the, perhaps the easier it is to be patient or the more quickly it comes to you. I mean, I, I just turned 40. So I'm like this, you know, right there in the middle age. So I, I try to think about what was I like, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was a mm-hmm. lot more impatient then. I mean, I just, I didn't understand why like at my church involved in ministry, why we took things slowly. I I didn't understand why Uh things didn't work right away. But now that I'm 40, I understand that the work of God is a slow work. He doesn't change Uh us in a day. We take time. Um, Uh And I'm sure that even the older I get, I'll see even more how, how the Lord works and I'll, I'll be willing to be more patient. It, mm-hmm. it might come easier to me. I mean, that would probably be the same for any of uh, the qualities that we see listed here in the fruit of the spirit. But um, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting thing about age that we could tend to be, you know, how does impatience manifest itself? Well, perhaps it's more prevalent mm-hmm. among us when we are younger than when we are older and we have seen the works of the Lord.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. I'll oftentimes bring problems to women who are older than me in ministry, and they will talk about my problem with such steadiness about them. And right. I'm like, how can you be so chill about this? Like, right. this is terrible. You know, I, you know, what do I do? I need to do this or this or this. And uh, they're just really kind of stand steady at the helm um, and just encourage me to stay the course. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for their perspective and their wisdom. One, two, three, four. I know you guys are loving this conversation with Colleen. And because of that, I want to tell you about the other sponsors who help make it possible Canvas People and Audible. Do you love books as much as me? Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment, including Audible Originals. Audible Originals are stories created exclusively for audio, including documentaries, exclusive audiobooks, and scripted shows that you cannot hear anywhere else. Audible keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. You'll finish more stories when you listen with Audible because you can listen while you work, wash the dishes, or go on walks. They make it so convenient with the Audible app, you can listen anytime, anywhere, on any device. They have books like Something Needs to Change by David Platt, Beholding and Becoming by Ruth Jo Simons, or even The Chronicles of Narnia for when you're driving your kiddos around, all of which I highly recommend. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash journey or text journey to 500-500. So go to audible.com slash journey or text journey to 500-500. Our other sponsor for today's episode is Canvas People. The holidays are just around the corner, and with that comes the opportunity to gift your family or friends something they love. It can feel daunting to find meaningful gifts for your people, something that will really be loved. For a special gift for the people in your life, check out Canvas People. Canvas People prints your favorite memories on canvas and turns them into unique works of art that add a beautiful, personal touch to your home. You know those rare but priceless photos of your kids smiling adorably? What a great gift it would be to give grandparents or other family members a photo printed on a canvas for them to cherish forever. Whatever the photo, Canvas People even has photo editors that will improve your photo by hand, such as whitening your teeth or removing imperfections. These canvases are wonderful additions to your home. Now, as a special, very limited holiday offer, CanvasPeople.com is offering their popular 11 by 14 photo canvases for free. That's right, free. These normally sell for $69.99, but you'll pay nothing. Just cover the cost of shipping and handling. To get your free canvas, text WOMEN to 64000. Just pay shipping and handling. This offer will not last. Text WOMEN to 64000. That's WOMEN to 64000. Now, let's get back to my combo with Colleen. You mentioned the age piece. You mentioned the suffering piece. Are there any other underlying reasons that we might be struggling with patients?
1: Well, I mean, it's just... Every side of our sin, (laughs) every side of our sin can bring out this, uh, idea of impatience, uh, in our world today. it's not even just today. We, this is, been true for so long. We just, we expect instant gratification. Mm. I mean, that's what the world tells us we deserve. Amazon Prime says you deserve a package (laughs) in two days or same day. You can get same day delivery now if you really want, you know, the fast food chains say you, you're hungry, come to us and we have it hot and ready, you know, or that's, What is that? Little Caesars, hot and ready, $5. And even, gosh, I think about my cell phone, my mobile phone, and the text messaging and the emails that I can send on that. Like, technology tells us you can have things right away. You can take care of things right away. You can fix things right away. So, I mean, right there, then, what is the underlying reason for our impatience or one of them? We have the wrong expectation. (laughs) We just expect something to happen right away. We, our expectations are out of whack. I mean, that, that's a huge way that we can struggle with patience, even with our kids. I mean, I don't have kids, but you have kids oh, yeah. and, and I've heard you talk about them. Uh, I mean, they sound lovely, but they also sound like you got to exercise patience. I mean, I, I, totally, have nieces and absolutely. Nephews. I know how that works. There's just this consistent need to exercise patience. I think even in our, well, in the First Corinthians 13 example, I think pride is a big problem there. They want to put themselves mm-hmm. above somebody else. I think control is a big thing. We don't like how That's somebody my else. One. Yeah, we don't like how somebody else does something or we don't like that someone has messed up our way. If I just think of the Lord in that situation, though, I mean, we have totally messed up his good plan from the very beginning. I mean, and he is the one in control and we've totally screwed it up. And yet he is still patient with us. Mm -hmm. I think we can be impatient in our need to be selfish and our need for self comfort. I think even out of fear, sometimes we fear things. And so we grow impatient to the Lord's timing of how things will play out. Um, just cause we're afraid that things will go bad if he doesn't fix it right away. And there's so many ways. Wow. It's just, mm-hmm. and everything I've just said, I think I've experienced over the last week myself in my own ugly heart. It, it's just a consistent mm-hmm. thing that's hard to deal with.
0: Yeah. So what hope do we have? I mean, it's hard to hear all of that. And and I think somebody might be feeling really despairing right now, but what's the hope that we have in the midst of our failure?
1: As I just think about that time, about the time just in my own life, struggling with sin, especially with patience, I have to remember, as I said earlier, God's work is slow work. God's work in me is slow. God's work in others is slow. And it's not because he's not good at it. It's because we're we're fallen. It's because we are tainted. It's it's because we are sinners. But God, what hope do we have? God is powerful enough to change us. I have seen him do it. I've seen him do it most frequently, just through the power of his word working in the lives of his people, whether that's mm. forgiving your, you know, giving yourself to reading his word every day or sitting under good preaching at your church every Sunday, you know, giving yourself to listening to mm-hmm. the word of God through your pastor. The word of God does the work of God in the people of God by the spirit of God. I didn't make that up myself. I got that from my old pastor, but it's true. The word of God does the work of God in the people of God by the spirit of God. That is a hope that we have, that the fruit of the spirit, if we are believers in Christ and we have this spirit in us, he wants to work in us. He He wants that to happen. Um, I mm. mean, it's like If if patience is something that we really struggle with, just think about learning to play the piano. That takes a long time to play the piano. Yes, it does. Yeah, you got to practice at it every day for a long time every day. Um, The more you do it, the faster you get better at it. So, you know, the more that you have to exercise patience, hopefully the the more quickly it will come to you in the future. I Mm. actually had a friend once that said, be careful. Don't pray for God to give you patience because then he's going to give you a situation where you're going to have to exercise it. (laughs) Which is true, right? But hey, that makes us more like Christ. That's what he wants to do in us. I mean, this isn't, I don't want to be patient so I can get some extra marks on my spiritual report card. That's not how it works. Totally. Like I long to see Christ portrayed in my life for his own glory for so that people yes. see him so that he may be glorified and so that perhaps somebody else might see that and say I want that too i mean i my my salvation's already secure he is mm-hmm. christ has died and risen for me he has forgiven my sin i don't need to do anything else to make you know me get into heaven i i i'm already set in that regard, but I long because he has secured that salvation for me. I mm-hmm. long for him to be just so clearly portrayed in my life that I want the fruit of the spirit to come out and patience as part of that. If I display patience, I am displaying Christ.
0: Mm, yes, that is so potent. Just even thinking about that situation with my kids, which I know not every listener is a mom or maybe a lot of listeners have kids that are well grown, but, you know, we're just, I, I, I reference this, but even just like this simple act of putting on shoes mm-hmm. that can really set me over the edge. And <laughs> I just think about like what an opportunity that is to actually be like a picture of of Christ to my kiddos. And by God's grace, like I fail all the time. And and that presents an opportunity for us to point them to the perfect parent who doesn't fail, which I'm so thankful for. But I long so much to be able to point them in the direction of Christ in the way that I respond. Like you mentioned, what or who enables us to actually be patient? I feel like you've laid that out so well. And where's our strength to be patient derived? So in those moments like me, when you're struggling, putting on the kiddos shoes, and they're ripping them off, uh, saying not these socks. (laughs) Where do we look to find patience in that moment?
1: Yeah, we have talked about it a a bit, but it is worth repeating because we're I mean, someone's going to listen to this. I I mean, I'm going to get off this phone, this phone call and 30 minutes from now, I'm going to have to remember what I said, right? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. This is something that is, Constantly in our face, it, we—it's almost like we can't escape it. People are always yes. hitting our pressure points. We are always in a waiting season for something, whether it's good, yeah. whether it's bad, whether we're just waiting on something. This is wise to be reminding ourselves how we can actually do this. Where does the power come from? And, and I do think to go back to the Galatians five context here—that we must not ever forget. This is. Patience is the fruit of the Spirit. It is not the fruit of Colleen McFadden or Hunter Uh Belas. It is the fruit of the Spirit. It is the Spirit who works in us. Let's not neglect the third person of the Trinity. The Spirit is so powerful. I mean, Christ himself said, as he was with his disciples right before he was going to the cross, he said, it is good for me to go away because you're going to get the spirit who's going to come and help you and he's going to come and comfort you. So he, you know, Jesus is saying, listen, the spirit's almost better than I am. I mean, not, not that he would actually pit one against another because they're fully unified, but, um, he knows that the spirit's work in us is so beneficial uh-huh. that he would rather leave so that the spirit could come to indwell us, to help us with each of these things that it talks about, love, joy, peace, patience, etc., etc. It is the spirit's work within us. Now, even as we trust that the spirit is working in us, as I said earlier, we are to pursue it as well. And a way to pursue it is to look to the one who displayed perfect patience. Clearly, we can mm. read the word and look at Old Testament stories of how God was patient. But I can think of clear examples of Jesus Christ himself, how he was patient with us. I mean, it's just, it goes back to the gospel mm-hmm. again. I think of Hebrews 12, which is in the context of of Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is the chapter of Faith, the, you know, the hall of mm-hmm. faith. All of these Old Testament saints that never received what was promised—they waited and waited and waited. They never received what was promised, and yet they lived in faith. Yet they endured. Yet they persevered. And so then it says in in the next chapter, in the next verses, Hebrew twelve, Hebrews twelve, starting in verse one. Since we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, all these people um, that have uh, experienced faith. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, i.e. impatience, right? Let us lay aside Mm -hmm. impatience and let us run with endurance or patience. Let us run with endurance, the race that's been set before us. How do we do this? The very next verse, looking to Jesus. Why look to him? He's the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who, and here's his example, who for the joy that was set before him, He endured the cross. He was patient on the cross, despising the shame and is now seated at the right hand of God. And then and then it goes on again to to still consider his example. It says, verse three, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what we experience every day. Consider him who endured from such from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Mm-hmm. And when we grow weary and faint-hearted, we're, we grow impatient. And that's where it comes out. Mm -hmm. Like when people are hostile against us, oh, Mm -hmm. that's when we're like, nope, I got no room for this. And impatience. And And when I say hostile against us, I mean, that comes in so many different forms. It's not Mm -hmm. always ugliness, Um, it could be passive aggressive, but we um, should not grow weary or faint hearted. We should not grow impatient because we're considering the one, Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. Himself, who endured all hostility, who endured all shame, but He endured the cross anyways. Why? Because he looked to the end. He looked, he, he, he had the long-term view. He he saw the day of the Lord, you know, when when Christ returns and saves us all and and we don't have to experience any more of this hostility. It, it, it really is the long view. And, and I mean, I think of Christ on the cross. I mean, the the cross is the perfect patience example um, and mm-hmm. even on his way to the cross. He, uh, Isaiah 53 talks about this, First Peter two talks about this, how, um, he was, he was reviled yet. He did not mm-hmm. revile and return. Um, when he suffered, he, he did not threaten, you know, he just, he was silent before them. He didn't, he, he was patient. He didn't talk back. He endured what he had to endure, knowing it was the will of God, knowing the end, knowing that, you know, eventually we, we would all be reconciled heaven and earth, and made new and that is a good word isn't it i mean that's the that's the strength to be patient i mean i think wisdom then breeds patience. Like Christ himself is wisdom. He knows everything. And I think as we'll never know everything, I mean, even in heaven, right? We'll never know everything. But the more we grow in wisdom, the more we understand the word, the the more we read all of the word, not just the passages on patience, not just those, but all of the word. The word gives wisdom. uh, And so the word then breeds Patience. It it does. the 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 more we understand how people work, the world works, how Christ works, how how forgiveness works, how um, renewal works, the 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 more quickly patience will come to us.
0: Yeah, man. I'm so glad I asked that question because I felt like you had already answered it so well. And I was about to skip over that little element. But man, I'm thinking, man, when the fruit is squeezed over there in Colleen's uh, <laughs> side of things, some good stuff comes out. Oh, Thank you for that. Well,
1: it's so, if, if any good fruit squeezes out, <laughs> any good juice squeezes out, man, it is, I, I do give all credit to the spirit. I mean, he has- We
0: give it to the yeah, spirit, Yeah, he's yes. worked it
1: in me. He really has. <laughs> I realize there is no way- that I can yeah. be patient in this situation right now, except for the grace of Jesus Christ. I mean, there's no yeah. way. I, I have I have been very impatient in the past, and He yeah. has really worked in me to bring Him glory, and I'm so glad for that.
0: Yeah, I, I know there's so many listeners who are listening. Well, I know there's so many people who are listening, and they're waiting on the Lord, even if, like you said, it's just to do a work in their own heart. Like I remember being the 20-year-old and really wanting to emulate the fruit of the Spirit and really wanting to be walking in maturity, and yet I really only been walking with the Lord for about two years. Uh, and even now, as a 31-year-old, I still feel like that sometimes. So what encouragement do you have for those of us who are waiting, whether it be on something good, like you mentioned, or in a season of endurance, persevering in the midst of suffering, or waiting on the Lord, um, just to continue bringing about the good work that He began in them.
1: I would say, um, really, to, to pray. Um, I mean, what? Yes. What do I have? What What would I say to someone who's waiting on the Lord, and it's really hard? I mean, I think about this in my own life when when it's been hard for me, when I have waited on the Lord for things as. Whereas I've really struggled on um, bearing with other people, I pray. <laughs> uh, if it is the work of the Spirit, then I should be praying for that to happen. I mean, prayer is such a powerful uh, thing. And, and if we're looking to grow in any aspect in the fruit of the Spirit, then we should be asking the Lord to do. This work in us. Mm-hmm. When I think about prayer, I always recommend the book A Praying Life by Paul Miller. Our conversation is not on prayer, but it shows the power of prayer because he, he I think he says something like, um, this is a book not on prayer, but it's a book about God. Because when you fully understand who God is, you will pray. I mean, there'll be no doubt. Like when yes, you understand yes. who he is and how powerful he is, you're going to pray. So that's what I would say. If like we're really struggling, mm-hmm. i waiting on the Lord. Um, uh, or just him working in our lives. I would pray and ask God, um, "Would you do this work in me? Would you um, would you change my heart towards my sister in Christ? You know, that's a bother. Would mm-hmm. you change my heart on the road when I'm driving because I'm so impatient? Would you, um, you know, a- any any one of those situations? If it's something that you're waiting on the Lord uh, for something to come in His own timing, mm-hmm. or if it's a time of suffering, even." I think of Psalm 90. That's a Psalm of Moses. I Hmm. I taught that Psalm about a year ago. I had to teach um, at my church uh, Psalm 90. And Psalm 90 is not about patience, but it's about time. Um, it's a lot about time and it, and it speaks a lot to the brevity of life. Um, and you know, as we wait on the Lord, we think it takes forever, but mm-hmm. in eternal perspective, our lives are so mm-hmm. fleeting. And as I myself have dealt with long seasons, long seasons of waiting, of suffering, of wanting suffering to be over. I, I actually pray the Psalm and I, I prayed two specific verses. I, I've prayed, um, I'm not sure exactly which verses they are, but it goes, satisfy us in the morning with with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. So every day, right? Every morning, I, I pray that he will um, give me his steadfast love. and and then he the next verse of that psalm says, make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. And for as many years as we have seen evil. So as I have suffered and suffered and suffered, Lord, may you make me glad for as many days as I've seen evil, as it's been really yeah. hard. May you make something new out of this. I don't know that that will happen this side of heaven. I don't know that I, I pray it will. And that's why I pray it every day. Um, but I, I, I have to remember what are the promises mm-hmm. given to me in scripture, right? So right. we, we want to be encouraged, but we can't be deceived. We we can't be yes. deceived thinking, um, well, God's just going to fix this because I pray and he's got to do what I say. That's not how it works either. Right. Um, no. I gotta think about what's the promise given to me in scripture and my most surest promise of the surest thing is the mm-hmm. day of the Lord when he returns. Mm. Um, And I mean, I think of Philippians actually talks a lot about that, about the day of the Lord and the sureness that we have. Paul says, um, I think it's in chapter three, to press on. He repeats that press on towards the goal. You know, our citizenship is in heaven. And he talks about the uh, uh, non believers, how, you know, their God is their belly and destruction is their end and may that not be true of us may we set our sights Mm -hmm. on heaven the goal and may we press on to that end i mean that's encouragement to me when i would need to be encouraged and in patience and waiting on the Lord, i just think you know i can get through this even if my wish is not granted (laughs) even if my prayer is not answered i can get through this because i know what's coming and even though i want something so bad right now god knows best. And he's got the end ready for me. It's—I mean, First Peter one talks about that. Like uh, my salvation, my inheritance—it's kept in heaven. It's—it's it's imperishable. It's—it's mm-hmm. it's there. I'm—I'm I'm ready for it. I mean, to have that end view is such an encouragement to me as I wait on the Lord in the human now.
0: Well, I am encouraged to wait on the Lord, and I'm also thinking about how our show notes are probably going to be like 500 miles long because we have this section called Scripture references. <laughs> And I think we have about 500 from this episode, which is why it's been so rich and so encouraging. Well, Thank you so much. that's
1: one problem with reading through the whole Bible every year, isn't it, Hunter? Because you just learn yep, yep. so much and then you just got to share it with people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm really having to exercise patience with myself because I forget almost everything. Mm. <laughs> so it's so good to be reminded. And it's so reminiscent of a conversation that I shared actually with a dear friend who pointed me in your direction oh, probably a year and a half ago named Nana Dulce. She uh, said, you have to have Colleen yes. on the show. She and her episode was the exact same way where it was just scripture after scripture after scripture. And I walked away so encouraged. So I know people want to hear so much more from you. I want to ask you so much more. Do you have any references that you would recommend if they would like to continue growing in their knowledge of God's word or in their knowledge of uh, Galatians or in walking in the fruit of the spirit?
1: Yeah, I well, I would, gosh, there's so much I could recommend. I mean, the first thing is, surely just to read your Bible. I mean, we've been tooting that yes. for this whole conversation, haven't we? And as I've said, growing in patience is slow work. Understanding the Bible is slow Work. I have been reading the Bible for years and I still come across new things. We were studying judges in our women's Bible study and I am learning brand new things that I never knew before. And people look at me and they say, Oh, you've been to seminary. Oh, you teach the Bible. Oh, you work for a ministry. You must know everything. Heck no. Oh, man. I feel like I'm just starting. I'm just starting to like. Put a lot of this together, so um, it, you know. For a good resource for someone that's learning to grow in, in these areas, just just give your time to reading the Bible. It will build. There is no substitute for just reading your Bible every day. And then, as you read it, pray. I always pray um, before I read yeah. and after I read that the Lord would give me understanding, that He would help me um, apply it to my life, that He would help me just to see the relevance. For what it is in the scriptures for my day to day. I mean, this isn't related to patience, but if you just want to grow in understanding your Bible better, I just. Encourage you to read it with somebody else. So in our local yeah. church, we have a women's Bible study. I've always done reading the Bible one to one, which could be a new kind of uh, idea to some people, but that's just where you get together with one other person and you read through a book of the Bible um, and just working through a text with another Christian
0: uh, mm-hmm. can
1: be mm-hmm. really eye opening. And anytime you read the word, it will return, not void, right? Mm-hmm. It, it will return mm-hmm. with fruit. And yeah, I just really encourage people to get involved in their local church. Cause so I know you encourage that too, Hunter, to give The local church is where it's at, man. That Uh is where the fruit will be born is that that is God working within people in his church. You can also look at really great resources that the Simeon Trust has, like our online courses. I mean, I don't get paid to say that we're a nonprofit organization. I just really believe in the tools that are shown in those uh, Uh in the courses. They're not. They're not specific to Simeon Trust, by the way. We talk about basic Bible study tools that everybody who studies the Bible will use them. We just put them into a course that you could take.
0: It's like an online seminary yeah. kind of like, I mean, you know, there's just like courses in there that you would probably see at a Bible college yes. or a seminary.
1: Right. Yeah. It's nothing new. It's nothing groundbreaking. We just package it in a way that you could easily work through it together with somebody mm-hmm. else. Now, if I just think specifically about patience, I'll give two resources. Um, one that has been incredibly helpful for me on waiting on the Lord in times of suffering. Mm. I've experienced a lot of that in my life. And the book that was most helpful for me is by Don Person. It's called "How Long, mm. O oh, Lord." You can get it right from the title, right? How long, yes. O oh, Lord, will this go on? Um, it's it's just a solid book, theologically, and then so helpful practically of uh, how to live life in the face of suffering while you wait on the Lord. As far as dealing with patience working with other people. This book I have not read, but I can still highly recommend it. It's by Ed Welch. It's called mm-hmm. A Small Book About a Big Problem: Meditations on Anger, Patience, and Peace. I have not read this book, but I can recommend it because Ed Welch is one of my favorite authors. Mm-hmm. I love everything I've ever read by him. He is so wise. If people know him, they know just the wisdom that that he gives. I and it's got like amazing reviews on Amazon. Yeah, so I'm sure it's a really good be, one. Yeah, uh,
0: purchased. Good. Thank God for Amazon Prime. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I
1: know. Get it now. Don't wait.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, it has been an absolute joy to talk to you. And you know from listening to the podcast that uh one of the questions that I ask every guest, just because it's fun, is what are your three simple joys?
1: Oh, my three simple joys, you're gonna love my number one. Simple joy. Okay, is listening to the Journey Women podcast.
0: No way! Yes,
1: Hunter. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. You know, <laughs> someone once said. Life's a journey. We were never meant to walk alone. We all need <laughs> friends along the way. We need mentors to help us gracefully navigate the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. So I, well, I would say my simple, one simple joy is just listening to podcasts in general. I mean, there's so many yes, great podcasts same. out there. They yes. podcasts get me outside in the fresh air walking or running you know it podcasts make a long drive somewhere better podcasts just bring me such simple joy I completely agree your podcast is one that i listen to so well praise god that
0: astounds me yeah you know i i see the numbers and then i i still have such a hard time believing that anybody but my dad listens he's my (laughs) number one fan hey dad
1: Hi Dad, Hi Mr. whomever. (laughs) Mr. Oxner. Mr. Oxner, thanks for listening. He deserves
0: a shout out. He's been there since the very beginning. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's wonderful. Well, that's definitely one of my simple joys. Do you have any more for us? Yeah, I do. Well,
1: I love I love podcasts because I love learning. So my my second simple joy is Libraries I love libraries. I love books. I love reading books. I read so many books that I can't buy them all so I need to get them from the library.
0: It's such a wonderful and underutilized resource. Yes,
1: it, it really is. yeah I work from home and so libraries offer a great escape for me because they have free Wi-Fi and other people. Oh to work yes so libraries just bring me such joy. And then my last simple joy would be, I love waking up early. I am a morning person. I know not-
0: We are kindred hearts oh. and everyone's sitting here like, okay, these girls, they're they are a little too much. No wonder
1: I love your <laughs> podcast, Hunter. I've, I've already felt like we were friends, so, you It's know. so
0: true. I wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm like, it's a great day. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, there's something about it. If I wake up early, then my day has a totally different tone to it. If I wake up late- I feel behind and then everything's behind. Even if I have the same hours in the day, it's, yeah, just everything's behind. Oh, how funny.
0: I I bet there's like two listeners who can relate to us right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you have little kids too. That's impressive.
0: Uh, Well, that's the only time I can get anything done, Colleen. Yep. Yep. Oh, well, goodness, the work that the Lord has set before you. I'm just so encouraged by it. You've had an impact on my journey with Jesus from afar. Who is it that's had the greatest impact on your own journey with Jesus?
1: There's so many people that, and I know Mm because I listen to your podcast, everyone says this. There's so many people that have made an impact. But if I just look back, you know, I mentioned that I heard the gospel clearly through a televangelist and quickly saw that I couldn't grow a lot through that medium. And there was a woman who came alongside me. Her name is Jenny Kate. Uh, she lives in um, a suburb of Nashville, Tennessee now, but she lived down the hall from me. When I had moved, when I left college and I had moved uh, to Chicago, I lived in, in, a, in a condo building with my sister and she, Jenny Kate and her husband happened to move in just right down the hall from us. She found out I was a Christian and she mentored me. We only had mm-hmm. maybe a couple of years living in that building together before she and her husband had to move uh, on for his work to to somewhere else. But I mean, she spent so much time with me. She did a Bible study wow. with me. She worked through a catechism with me because I grew up Irish mm. Catholic. I didn't understand yeah. God, Jesus, sin. I mean, I could, yeah, I would make you laugh out loud with the way I thought about Christianity. It was just, it was not right. So she just, did so much to help me understand the word and understand the gospel. But then she helped mm-hmm. me understand like how to live as a Christian woman. She would invite me over to her house or to her condo for dinner, like at least once a week. I ended up starting going to church with them. I joined their small group. They would take me to church every Sunday, every single Sunday. They let me ride with them to church. They're, they were newly married at that time, and they just sort of brought me in under their wing. And I would ask wow. them question after question after church. I would say. Why do people give money to the church? Why do people become members of churches? Why do they say a benediction at the end of the service? Why do we have a time of confession? Like she would answer everything for me. I had so many questions. I mean, they meant so much to me that when they moved away, I bought a plane ticket once a month. I visited them right after they moved wow. away, but I was That's tremendous, right? Because I just couldn't get enough of what she yeah. had to teach me. Jenny I wow. I don't, I, you know, she's she's got six kids now, so I don't know that she has time to listen to podcasts. But I bet people in Nashville <laughs> know her. Some people that listen to this podcast, wow, and because she just has a huge impact on so many people. She's yeah, we all need women like that in our lives, and we need to be yes. those women to other ladies too.
0: Yeah. Ready to share not just the gospel of God, but their own selves. I hope that this is an encouragement for women to do that with the other women that they're doing life alongside. Thank you for coming alongside us today. It's just been a joy to have you on the show.
1: Oh, Hunter, I love your show. I love you. I just love how you share your own self through this medium. It's been so fun to do this with you.
0: You guys, we pray this conversation encourages you to look to the Lord as the source of your patience, whether you're facing trials like putting on toddler shoes, getting cut off in traffic, or something much bigger like a house flood. Don't forget that this episode is part of an entire series on the fruit of the spirit. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss next week's episode on kindness with Irene Sun. You can also find us debriefing the episodes over on social media at Journey Women Podcast. And if you need them, you can find discussion questions, recommended resources, and the information on our guests on our website, journeywomenpodcast.com. Don't forget to go snag a shirt while you can. Oh, and a hat. It's so cute. So, you know, this episode was edited by Chris Mann and the Pod Shaper team. We are so grateful for them. It's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.